Rafael Nadal once said that he has no sense of humor about losing, and I truly hope that is not the case for the 10 fighters on our list today, because we're going to be looking at the biggest, loudest, and grandest losses this sport has ever seen, and honestly, they should be proud because if you're going to do something, you might as well do it memorably. There's losing, and then there's losing in spectacular, almost mythical fashion. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point. A massive thank you to our channel Hall of Famers, and this is 10 legendarily bad performances in MMA history. Number 10, Donald Cerrone versus Conor McGregor. There was some discussion about swapping Cerrone out for Eddie Alvarez's 205 bout with McGregor in this entry, but that one very much felt like we were seeing somebody in God mode, and whoever was lined up against the Irishman that night was not going to fare well. The other aspect of this that ensured Cerrone over Alvarez was the very controversial comments made about the Cowboy after the fight by ESPN's Stephen A. Smith. The longtime face of the UFC's broadcast partner laid into Cerrone like he would a football player or basketball player for the brutally brief attempt he made against Connor, throwing a single strike that missed in the 40-second barrage he faced in the Notorious's big comeback fight. We haven't learned a damn thing about Connor McGregor baseball for this fight. Really? Because who were you? Listen, the man did not get hit. I have gotten hit that much in the last week, okay? <laughs> and I don't fight. I mean, come on, y'all. Because Cowboy Cerrone just didn't show up. I could have ran for 40 seconds. I disagree. The lights might have been too bright, Joe. The lights might have been too bright, but my lord, you couldn't back up Cowboy Cerrone. You couldn't yeah. catch a deep breath. You couldn't circle the octagon just a little bit, get your bearings on you. You couldn't do anything. It's easy. He's got to be in the mood to do it. But things work a bit differently in MMA. That's not how we do things here. We didn't learn anything about Co Connor. I'm like, the fuck you didn't? Yeah. He just destroyed Cowboy in 40 yeah. seconds. First of all, we had a broken orbital bone. Okay. You, you're saying he, he was a quitter? He got his face smashed. Yeah. Okay. I mean, come on. He has yeah. the most fights? Come on. You calling that guy a quitter? He got cracked. And Smith found that out quickly when the backlash hit from the community. Stephen A. Smith <laughs> throwing some of the most aggressive uppercuts that I've ever seen in my life. But you cannot, can't look like that <laughs> and then talk shit. I'm sorry, man. That. And because of the nature of fighting, you do need to be a bit more careful with your words. These folks are getting the shit beat out of them after all, which isn't to say you can't talk about the negative. I mean, we are now, but you gotta do it with a certain level of respect. And even though Cowboy had the worst fight of his career, the community felt like the criticism by Smith could have been handled a lot better. All that said, man, that was a rough 40 seconds. Number nine, Sean Strickland versus Alex Pereira. Before 4chan, Sean became one of the unlikeliest champions in the history of the sport. Sean, you're the world champion. And it's so incredible because like no one thought you could do it. No one. <laughs> A single bad performance looked to be the very end of his whole chance at ever seeing gold. I'm being a bit dramatic, but he certainly lost all of his momentum instantly, and it was a huge reason why not a soul expected him to become the middleweight champion. Strickland was on a six-fight run when he was brought in to test Poetan's legitimacy as a potential title contender. The assumption was that Sean would fight very grapple-heavy against the world-class kickboxer, and coach Eric Nixick said that was indeed the plan. But while cutting weight, probably not the best time to do your thinking, Strickland decided he wanted to feel Pereira out on the feet. That feeling out consisted of standing directly in front of Poetan doing his best iCarly for two minutes until he got knocked out. Given his momentum and, of course, endless chatter, the loss was a real head-scratcher for most fans who expected much more of a fight from Tarzan. But a little bit over a year after this absolute disaster piece, Strickland and Nixick would receive high praise for their brilliant strategy and performance against Adesanya to win the middleweight title. Sean, if you ever fight Poetan again, maybe this time listen to coach. Number 8. Paulo Costa
Costa versus Israel Adesanya. I cannot remember a middleweight title fight that was more highly anticipated than this one since the spider came back to fight Chris Weidman the second time. It was just the perfect story. Izzy looked like he could become the GOAT at 185 when he captured the title from Bob Whitaker. And more importantly, his first defense against Yoel Romero was so lackluster that fans were frustrated and wanted somebody to bring the fight to this new champ. Really test him. Enter the chattest man alive, Paulo Costa. I will make him cry. I will hit him, hit him very badly. And he will cry like a baby. I will destroy him. He was undefeated, he bulldozed everybody on his way to the title, and more importantly, he had a war with Romero that he won, unlike the boring fight that Adesanya had. It was a perfect matchup, and it had interesting style differences. One a bruiser, the other stylish and clean. The hype was huge, even without a crowd present thanks to the Rona. But then the fight happened. Costa had absolutely nothing for the champ, barely throwing in the double digits in either round. The bulldozer that had run through 185, this was not. He was frozen like Olaf. You see what I did there? And would subsequently get KO'd in the second round. It was simultaneously one of the most amazing performances on one side of this, and just massively disappointing on the other. I want the rematch, but on the secret juice only. Only. Then maybe we'll get the fight we were all hoping for. Number seven, Nate Diaz versus Rafael Dos Anjos. Now, to be completely fair to Nate Diaz on this one, he'd been out of the cage for a year. He was getting paid shit and hated it. He got hurt in camp and basically didn't train at all and ended up weighing in five and a half pounds over. 160.6. So, you know, not a great formula for a successful night in the octagon, especially against RDA, who just never fucks around. This one is brutal, man. It doesn't even look like Nate in there. He gets totally dominated for pretty much the entire fight. He only landed 13 significant strikes and not a single one in the third round. These scorecards only gave Dos Anjos 1-10-8, but he dominated all three with ease, and you could make an argument that the cards should have been 30-24 at the end of the night. The brutal loss would see the fighter take another year off, but his next bout would be that incredible Michael Johnson win and Conor McGregor call-out. Talk about a legendary turnaround. Number six, Colby Covington versus Leon Edwards. Nerds and virgins rejoice Colby Covington finally had a lackluster title fight performance. I'm just kidding, he did great. It was political persecution. I'm kidding again, but seriously, let's talk about what happened here. Colby's first two tries to capture the welterweight title were certified bangers. He and Usman put on two classics. The first came down to the wire with Kamaru scoring a late TKO. Some fans felt the stop wasn't the good one, some fans felt Colby should have done better on the cards. They would run it back two years later, another fantastic five-rounder with, again, some people feeling like, at the least, this thing should have been a draw instead of a UD for Usman. So, the narrative for quite a while was that, minus Kamaru, Colby was the second-best guy. If Usman doesn't exist, Colby Covington is the champion here, you know? Colby Covington is one tough dude. He was welterweight's Daniel Cormier. Enter Leon Edwards. He headshot deads the champ, beats him soundly in the rematch, setting up a third title challenge for Colby after he beat up his best friend two years earlier. With tension super high going into this one after Covington brought up Leon's dead dad, people were expecting an emotional bout. I'm gonna bring you to a place you never wanna be. I'm gonna bring you the seventh layer hair. And of course, on Colby's end, his usual aggressive, blistering pace and relentless offense. What we got instead is not much of anything, really. Whether it was the two-year ring rust or a broken foot or nerves or whatever, chaos looked anything 
anything but right out of the gate. Flat as hell from start to finish, he got out-wrestled by an English striker and at no point was any kind of threat. By the end of this thing, even the pro-Colby crowd was booing him. He'd lose the UD in one of the all-time what-just-happened challenger performances. Number 5. Kat Zingano vs. Ronda Rousey Sometimes doing something unexpectedly high-risk is rewarded massively, like for instance Jorge Masvidal's flying knee against Ben Askren, but it's called high-risk for a reason. And unfortunately, Kat Zingano, she would find out why. Kat chose to start her title challenge against Ronda Rousey, much like Masvidal, with a running flying knee. But instead of being rewarded with a five-second KO, superstardom, the bantamweight title, and an all-time moment, she was thrown to the ground and submitted with a straight arm bar in 14 seconds. The end came so abruptly, it was hard to even register all that had happened. Kat herself seemed completely in disbelief after the fight, and what made this all the more tragic is that Zingano felt like the truest threat to Rousey's reign we'd yet seen. Prior to her title challenge, she scored a victory that aged like an 1869 Chateau Lafitte when she TKO'd Amanda Nunes. And of course, we saw what a devastating striker could do when Holm got her chance. I truly believe there's an alternate history where Zingano either hits that knee or comes out differently and wins the title. I have no doubt about it. Unfortunately for Kat, that is not what happened in this reality. Number 4. BJ Penn versus Frankie Edgar 3 I do not know who the hell at the UFC thought it was a good idea to throw BJ Penn into a featherweight bout for the first time after a near two-year layoff, 27 fights into his career against Frankie freaking Edgar, but I'm pretty sure it was Dana, and I'm pretty sure BJ was the one who convinced him, so I guess the prodigy can only blame himself. Or Mike Dolce, which he did in part for this one. After a season of tough as coaches, the former lightweight title fight rivals came together for a third and final bout, and my god, this was night and day compared to their first two outings. Penn looked like a ghost of himself out there. He was standing straight up. He was getting completely dominated. This fight had 14 minutes, and nine of those Edgar was on top of Penn beating the crap out of him. Mercifully, this one would be stopped in the third by Herb Dean, but it was a shocking showing to fans of the legend, and unbelievably was followed up with a fight against Yair Rodriguez nearly three years later that I'm just too upset to talk about right now. Number three, Rose Namajunas versus Carla Esparza 2. One of the curses of doing spectacular things in fighting is that when you do them often enough, people expect you to keep doing them, and when you don't, they aren't happy. When the normally super exciting Rose Namajunas was set to defend her strawweight title against Carla Esparza, the narrative going in was really about whether this time around, they fought for the inaugural 115 strap as well, could Rose neutralize Carla's grappling, something she struggled to do in their first encounter, resulting in a loss. So if I'd have told you beforehand that Namajunas would stuff 9 of 11 takedown attempts, and the fight would have a total of 32 seconds of control time, you'd probably assume that Thug Rose dominated, and you would assume wrong because she didn't do much of anything. Nama Yunus would land all of 38 strikes in 25 minutes and never once have Esparza in any kind of danger. Even more baffling, Rose and boyfriend coach Pat Berry seemed to be on the same page that things were going well during the fight and would reveal afterwards that they followed the game plan they intended to, it just didn't work out. Rose, Rose stuck to a game plan. We had a strategy and she stuck to it for the first time ever. But according to my eyes and us in the corner, I think we might be up 4-0. Definitely didn't feel like Carla won, and I guess we didn't feel like I lost. Assessments that you can make. I don't think there was any mistake. The commentary team openly discussed whether this was the worst title fight of all time in the middle of the fight. Historically rough night for Thug Rose. She would lose via split decision. Number two, Paulo Filio versus Chael Sonnen 2. I really think it's important to understand who Paulo Filio was at the time of this fight so that you can appreciate just how bad this performance was and why it's ranked so high. 
lie. Filio was considered by many the best middleweight outside the UFC, even more outside anyone that wasn't named Anderson Silva. He was unbeaten at 16-0. He likely would have won the Pride Welterweight GP if not for an injury. He was the reigning defending WEC middleweight champ. The guy was considered one of the best and brightest in the sport. He'd already defeated Sonnen once in 2007 via armbar, but because Chael claimed that he never tapped, they tried to set the bout up a second time immediately after. But Paulo, who was suffering from depression and substance issues, would check himself into rehab, delaying the Sonnen rematch for four months. Unfortunately, Filio was still in no state to fight when he did return, missing weight by four pounds and thus forfeiting the title before putting on one of the most bizarre performances in MMA history, landing a total of five significant strikes in three rounds and failing on all five of his takedown attempts, Filio looked like a shell of a fighter, and Chael was able to dominate all three rounds. Even stranger, Paulo would be seen several times during the fight talking to seemingly nobody. Who is Paulo Filio talking to? He's talking to someone. And the fans that came to see this... Who is he looking at? He is looking to the side. He's like talking to Jesus or something in the middle of the ring. Who's in there talking to him? While he would continue to fight for another six years, this was effectively the end of Filio. Number one, Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena. The only thing that I can think happened here is that Amanda Nunes just completely lost her mind in the second round. Given how the rematch would go between these two, with Nunes completely dominating to regain her title, this legendarily bad performance is all the more baffling. The lioness got herself into a good old fashioned slobber knocker with Pena in round two that would result in the champ getting smashed with 75 four significant strikes to the face while she couldn't seem to hit anything at all. The beatdown completely zapped the champ and she would get choked shortly thereafter. This is the greatest women's fighter ever by a huge margin we're talking about here. It is still to me one of the most shocking things I have ever witnessed in the cage and it's not to take anything away from Pena because she got into a firefight with Amanda Nunes and came out absolutely the better. But given what we know about the GOAT, it's hard not to call this a bad performance because what on earth did we even witness in this one? It is an all-timer from one of the all-timers, of course, it had to be number one. A big ol' thanks to our channel champions. You guys are seriously the best. If you'd like to be one of them fight fans, hit that join button. You get all kinds of cool exclusive content, and you might even have some say in our videos. Like and subscribe if you liked and subscribed it. Let me know other legendarily bad performances in the comments below. Thank you so much for watching. I'm out of here.